give yourself a bit more grace. Don't be afraid to say what you actually feel. That's kind of my theme of my life right now. Just say what you feel and allow other people to react how they're going to react because it's not anything you can control. I haven't always been that way. I actually am 33 right now. And for the first 30 years of my life, I didn't. I rarely spoke my true feelings and desires through therapy and through relationship, having a, a good partner who wants the authentic version of Ammon. I have put in a lot of work and realized that you can either keep it quiet and risk it destroying who you are, or you can say what you want to say and then risk maybe hurting somebody else. Either way, there's a risk, but you just have to decide which way you want that risk to go. Welcome to the Real Raw Mama podcast, where empaths get real and raw about the mother wound with holistic tools to support your journey. I am your host, Jessica Atchison, a Real Raw Mama, holistic wellness architect, and inspirer of light. I feel the mother wound is one of the deepest wounds on this planet and is now ready to be fully felt and heard. This wound has a lot of different meanings to a lot of different souls. I call it the wound of creation, the wound of incarnation, the why the F am I here, the why the F did you bring me here, the why the F did I bring you here, the wounds that are passed down to children through unsupported mothers, the wound of being a mother in a world that does not value or honor the source of creation, and the shunning of the deep feminine mother energy within us all. You know, the one who receives all truths with an open heart loves you fully as you are in every moment, no matter what, and holds fierce loving boundaries to protect herself and those she loves from unconscious behavior. I am here to inspire an open dialogue around this wound, and my mission is to create a safe space for all empaths, especially mothers, to be seen and heard without fear of being shamed or judged, and to provide you with holistic tools of self-care that support your nervous system while transforming your life. In this episode, I get real and raw with Ammon Clough, the eldest of six siblings, adventurer, photographer, digital creator, filmmaker, and podcaster. Ammon has a passion for bringing authenticity and humor to life through his work, relationships, and everyday life. In this episode, you'll learn about the importance of a tribe, self-care, and support, the importance of owning our mistakes and our gifts, the importance of speaking our truth, desires, and needs, and how to use the walk away as a tool to support your nervous system during intense moments of conflict. I so enjoyed this authentic, soulful chat. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Real Raw Mama podcast, Amen. I'm super excited to have you and so grateful that you accepted my invitation. I appreciate the invite. It's not very often that I get invited onto other people's podcasts. I'm mostly just doing my own thing. I'm looking forward to having a studio and uh, maybe we can collaborate on another episode in person in the future. But everyone knows I kind of get right to it in the very beginning. I ask a really big question, which is when you hear the words mother wound, where do you feel that in your body? How does that make you feel? And what does that really mean to you? God, that is a big question. (laughs) When I hear the word mother wound, God, I mean, I guess it just makes me think, okay, this is something that I could maybe talk about because I have a mother, but 
where I feel it in my body, I don't think I really feel it anywhere because my entire body came from a mother. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess just like everywhere, my entire body feels it, but it makes me like nervous to talk about like the wound because mm -hmm. I have such a strong and deep, good relationship with my mother. And I talk about her quite a bit on my podcast because I come from a religious background that I've since stepped away from. And so it's pretty sensitive to talk about it. And she tends to take it pretty personal, but I'm like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You just raised me the way that you did. But sometimes it's a sensitive topic to discuss for sure. I hear that. And we share similarities in that regard. I grew up in a Christian home. So I grew up in a very religious home and the mother wound this isn't about pointing fingers to blame, shame, or judge and say, you did this wrong and you hurt me. This is really just an open discussion about where we've come from and, and ultimately the acknowledgement that we're all doing the best we can with the tools that we've been given in the moment. And for me, becoming a mother has really shined a light on that in a really deep way on how much my mother was doing the best she could no matter yeah. how I felt as a child and in the moments when I was just like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Like, why do I have to do all these things? Or, you know, I don't know if you experienced like actual physical punishments, but that was something that happened in my house. And so I can now feel like, oh, like I don't consciously believe in that and I wouldn't do that to my child, but I can feel the energy of where it might've come from. Yeah, it's interesting I never really experienced any like physical punishment as far as abuse or anything like that. But I know what you mean about experiencing a negative, something negative with your mom and then not wanting to do that to your kid. I don't have any kids, so I can't really say exactly how I would manifest that as a parent. But I like to think that because I had a really good childhood and a good relationship with my mom, that I know what it looks like to be a good parent. But yeah, I mean, yeah, very Christian growing up. My mom was always making us go to church and uh, it's pretty amazing the level of patience that she had, especially with having six kids. Oh my gosh, six. Yeah, I'm the oldest of five and I have one kid and I'm just like, I don't know how now I have like an even deeper respect for just like, how the hell did you put up with all of us? Yeah. Yeah. How's that going, by the way? <laughs> uh, the journey of, I mean, that's what has inspired this podcast is the journey of motherhood is unlike anything I could have ever imagined. I mean, you can, you know, you can have people describe it to you. You can read books, you can take classes and do all of that, but nothing will ever prepare you for the moments that you're in that are just real and raw where emotions that you thought you had sort of transcended or, you know, yeah. gotten to a place of like, peace, inner peace about like anger and resentment, those things all just like resurface in full force. Yeah. You know, because this is crazy. someone in your space and fucking with your shit and feeding <laughs> off of your body. And it's just like, they need, 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 want, want, want from you. And yes, there are like the hugs and the kisses and the things like that. But I hate to say it, but it is kind of a thankless job on a lot of levels because and I call it yeah. the silent work of mothers because so much of it goes unnoticed, unseen, unvalued. So this isn't even just about talking about your wound with your mother, but even just, yeah, acknowledging your mother's journey as 
mm. a mother is just like with six kids, like I can't even fathom that. Yeah, I can't either. It's funny when you were saying that it's like a thankless job and how you think you've transcended these these challenges that you think you know how you would react, but then everything's just kind of thrown out the window. <laughs> I have two sisters and they both have three kids each. And one of my nephews, he's kind of a tyrant. He's just a really difficult kid. And from my perspective, I'm like, oh, he just needs more attention and more discipline. Like he's the oldest and he has got two younger siblings. And so the attention that his mom, my sister can give him is just pretty spread thin. But then one day I was hanging out with her and he got frustrated over something. And then he just blurted out, like, I'm just going to kill myself. And he's four years old. Oh my God. I'm like, holy shit. Like I never mind. I don't know what the, what he needs. It's more than discipline. (laughs) So it is. I I I mean, and that's why, like you said, your, your sister is spread thin. I, as I I will go ahead and say it. I'm, I'm a single mother in the sense that like, I am the one who's taking care of him 24 seven pretty much every single day, his father's gone, you know, three weeks out of every four pretty much. And so, yeah, even I feel like mothers who have partners that are even living in the same home with them and they're regularly, it's still like, if you're just the only one with them all day long, that is like terrifying, (laughs) like literally. And I don't think mothers necessarily had to deal with as, as much in other times where there were tribes and like communities where people were more closely knit and together so that you would have like aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas, like all in like a super close vicinity where there were many more energies that were adding to the mother's cup and to the child's cup. Yeah. I think that moms need a break. (laughs) And the only, (laughs) only break that they get is just like spacing out and scrolling on their phone, which doesn't really feel like it's very fulfilling. doesn't seem like it would be. So I think that, yeah, all moms need like some kind of a tribe and I'll try my hardest. Like all six of us siblings live in the same town. Our parents live here too. But my sister, the one I was talking about with the suicidal son, apparently she just never really seems to get alone time. And I'll try Mm. to do as much as I can. Like I'll text her and say, Hey, you should go to the coast for two nights with your husband and I'll watch your kids, which is terrifying to me. But, <laughs> but hey, know, that's a great to, offer. <laughs> I'm really willing to do that. I don't know how it would go, but yeah, I think that moms need a break. Well, and it's nice that she has that offering from you. I know it's often really hard for mothers to re- even receive help, let alone ask for it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is a huge challenge. So may- maybe if you feel inspired, maybe you know we could share your episode with her and or any of these episodes because. I am just creating a safe space specifically for mothers to be seen, heard, honored, and loved, and to just hear that there are other mothers who feel the same way that they do and that they're not alone. So yeah, my real hope is to build a community of people who are here to support each other, even if it is just virtually. I mean, I would hope we could find more in-person connection because that's my preference, but it seems like we live in a world that's, you know, so busy now or just like that's kind of our only connection sometimes. So yeah, it seems like you're offering a lot of validation and especially when so many moms are alone and the only outlet of community they really have is on their phones. It's cool to have this type of content as a podcast that they can listen to and feel that validation. Did you start this podcast when you became a mom? Is that what kind of 
Well, so I had Atlas in 2020 of August, and then it was probably almost a year into having him that I just was like, it dawned on me that I'm like, because before I was pregnant, I was doing like lives on Facebook and just kind of like a podcast format. I showed weekly with a friend and we did something along the lines of called Real Raw Life, which was similar in the sense that raw is borrowed from Matt Kahn's book, Everything is Here to Help You which talks about, you know, the three actions of ego being worry, anticipation, and regret. And those spell the acronym WAR. And when you lovingly integrate your ego into your soul, instead of shunning it or pushing it aside, you get RAW, which is respecting the one and all, acknowledging that everyone and everything is perfect in the present moment while welcoming life on its precise terms and conditions. And so like the RAW in the real RAW mama really has multiple meanings for me. It's that acronym. And then it's also, yeah, just like, this is real. <laughs> this is the rawness of what is yeah. really happening here. And, and really talking about emotions that I don't think a lot of mothers are even feel safe to share is the real, the rage and the anger that arises, especially since your hormones are usually imbalanced. There's like so many things that happen in a woman's body after she has a baby. And then you have, you know, depression can set in postpartum depression. So there's just so many different factors. And I feel oftentimes through my own journey that I just, recently have gone through and I'm still going through is that it can just feel super lonely. And to the point where it's just like, I don't even feel good about sharing this because like, what will people think of me? So that's yeah, kind sure of how to... this was all inspired. <laughs> I bet you deal with a lot of shame, I suppose, or maybe guilt because you're allowed those emotions that exist that are true for you, like the anger, the loneliness to just exist and be authentic to them. But then when you express them, especially like towards your child or to the internet, you probably feel like maybe a little bit of guilt because everybody else seems like they're handling it so well. And then well, maybe you yeah. feel resentment towards your kid or towards <laughs> your not present partner if you have one of those. So yeah, it's what a mixed bag of really ugly fucking emotions. It really is. And yeah, and you know, women are the ones who are raising mostly the next generation. And so that's why I feel like it's so important to invite men, women, everyone on this so that men can also (laughs) hear other women say these things and even just hear me say this. Like, so if you do have a kid in the future, maybe you can be more aware of what your partner is going through and the different things that come up for women during this like incredibly sacred, beautiful time, but also this just incredibly intense, (laughs) daunting time that no one could ever really describe to you. And so I'm curious if you have a personal story that you'd like to share that brings up any sort of, I know you said you have a really great, beautiful relationship with your mother, but if there's anything, a story that you can think of that maybe really embodies the mother wound as you see it in yourself or on the planet or in your mother. Well, just from what you've been talking about so far, there is one story that I feel like really encapsulates the mix of emotions that can exist all at once. When I was, I don't know, like 11 or something, I remember one day I was at home and my mom had been telling me to like do these chores. And I just, I have ADHD, so I forget everything. And I didn't do the chores. And then she noticed that I wasn't doing them, got so furious. And the only time that I remember my mom ever getting physical with me was she walked over to me, said, Eamon, why haven't you done this chore yet? And she like shoved me. 
and I flopped on the ground, whatever, not, not like a big deal, but I instantly started crying because it was so unlike my mom to do anything like that. And then as soon as I hit the ground, she was already on the ground with me, just like picked me up, hugged me. And I'm, she's like, I'm so sorry. I will never, ever do that ever again. So like anger, rage, out of control, and then just followed by regret and love and apology. Uh, so yeah, I guess I can totally see how in just a moment, your emotions can get the best of you and you can just lose your shit. But then you feel that guilt and that sorrow because there's this little tiny person that you created that you love so much and you get caught up in your daily life where you're, where you get angry. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that story perfectly describes a lot of moments I've had. Where it's like, <laughs> even like recently, he started like pushing me if he wants me to do something for him. He comes over to me because he doesn't really know how to use words quite yet. He understands everything that I say pretty much. He's like beyond smart, but he doesn't quite use words yet. So he just comes over and he pushes me or pulls me. <laughs> when you're in the middle of like trying to like do something on your phone for your business or like answer a message or whatever it is in those moments. And then you kind of, I like walk away, like hurriedly, like move my body. And it's like, oh, he just fell over. And it's just like, oh shit. Like I wasn't trying to like be intentionally rude and push you down, but I just did. And now he's like, oh my God, what the fuck? Why is this person that supposedly like loves me so much treating me like this? Yeah. And that I think is like, especially for children who were abused or received any type of physical punishment. I think that can often cloud our ability to know what love is safe. Like, cause we're taught, mm. Oh, this person loves me, but then they just like fucking pushed me over or did whatever they did to me physically. That was not kind. Yeah. I think that one of the best things a parent can do is allow their child to see them make a mistake. And then, for the parent to swallow their pride and acknowledge the mistake and to apologize because then it shows you that love sometimes is complicated and people are flawed and make mistakes, but that's okay. You can apologize. You can say that you're sorry and move on and that you can still love each other in an authentic, but healthy way. I love that. Very beautifully said. And see, that's why I knew you would be a perfect addition here because everyone has insights on this topic. And it kind of goes into what is the gift that you really offer to the planet that has allowed you to receive all of your journey, all of the ups and the downs and the moments where you were wondering why your parents were making you do something that you didn't want to do or whatever it is, you know, all these moments, what has really allowed you to receive your whole journey in and of itself as a gift? Uh, I mean, I feel so, my filter is that I just feel really unqualified to speak about this kind of thing because I don't have any kids. But if I push through that first layer of my perspective, I think that coming from a bigger family and being the oldest of my siblings and watching my two sisters have kids and become parents, I have a unique perspective from an outsider because I observe a lot and I try to spend a lot of time with them because they live so close and I want to take advantage and I observe them as parents and I talk pretty openly. Like I, I'm very authentic in my speech with people. And so I think that kind of is my gift. Just, I don't have any kids and I can just observe and watch and give my perspective from the outside, I suppose, because I have a lot of time to think about my opinion when it comes to my sister's parenting styles. And uh, it's interesting to watch them parents so differently because I just have so much time 
to think about that kind of thing because I'm not dealing with it myself. I think that <laughs> is sort of a unique situation in my gift. I think that is a great gift to have. And what is your gift that you in general offer to the planet, whether it's on parenting or not, but like, what is your, or really, I guess, how do you like to inspire light on the planet? I mean, we all know that you're an amazing photographer, so maybe you can go more into that. Yeah. People tell me that I have a really unique eye when it comes to my photography. I don't know. I, I think that I I observe really closely. I do feel like I have a unique eye to capture emotion. Like I'm a really deep feeler. I'm a Pisces. So I'm just like swimming in emotion. Yeah. I think that I've always had an eye and a craving for just reality because a lot of people will worry about what other people will think before they say what they actually want to say. And I'm super guilty of this too. And it's led to a lot of my biggest traumas in my life, like not saying my true feelings in the face of, or because of love and trust. But I remember my dad, when I was a kid, he was always filming our family vacations with this giant 1990s style video camera. And he would change the way that he spoke whenever he would have the camera on himself. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, why do you change the way you talk? Why are you talking so weird? And so then I asked him if I could film. And then when we were at home, I would take his camera and I would film and I would just like poke fun at the way that he would talk. And I would just make fun of everything and turn these little children's stories into like really unique humor. <laughs> I don't know, just these videos that were my own idea. And so I think that that's kind of my, the way that I shed light on the world is just inserting a little bit of like kind of poking fun at things and being funny, but then also just being fucking real with what I feel, even if it, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I just have the guts to say things that people actually feel, but just don't really want to say because it will come off weird or right. whatever. And maybe I'm in a unique position because I'm a business owner. So I can say things without worrying about being fired or something. Cause I'm my own boss. Right. Yeah. No, that's a huge, that's a big deal to be able to say what you want to say without, without fear of, what anyone has to say or think about it. And yeah, being your own boss is amazing. <laughs> Super amazing. I do worry about like scaring off potential clients because of my podcast and the, and the shit that I talk about on there. But I'm like, I'm just surrendered to whatever. I still get good clients. And so I feel there is a, a need for that in the world. People have a really strong radar for truth. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that I want to bring more of that into the professional world. I love that. I mean, I think authenticity and vulnerability are like the most attractive things that any human can offer to the planet because yeah, in a world of Instagram and I think even TikTok is actually even more real than Instagram yeah. is on some level like cuz there's like all <laughs> kinds of fun like funny things that are real and raw happening on there whereas Instagram to me feels a little bit more like ooh, this is my shiny life and nothing is ever wrong. Exactly. I know. And it's so sad that that's like what most of the world consumes on a daily basis, just the best part of somebody's curated life. And then you end up comparing yourself to this person and their false, the way that they express themselves, not fully authentic on the internet. And then you end up feeling bad about yourself, which I think is just bullshit. Oh yeah. Well, I think you had mentioned it a little bit before that about, you know, being a mom and look, and yeah, seeing all these bombs on Instagram. I'm like, 
when I started to launch my podcast or put the stuff together for my podcast, I'm just, yeah, going on and looking at all these badass business women who some of them have three or four kids and they're just like doing it. And I'm just like, how does anybody like, how do you do this and be sane? And like, actually, is your life like really that happy? I'm guessing that a lot of them have a lot of support. (laughs) Yeah. Nannies and shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is really quite an illusion to yeah compare your life to social media. So that's why I've also created this platform. So yeah, you don't have to show your face. We're just focusing on audio here. But if you want to share your real raw story, like, yeah, we're here to talk about like the real details of what really goes on in life. And I think that is a great attribute that you're also bringing into the world of photography and whatever it else that you choose to do and your podcasting. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I'm curious how you have had the time to start this <laughs> podcast. In between the cracks of little of naps that sometimes happen and sometimes don't for my toddler or who, I guess it was, I guess it was like in August or September is when I started putting this together. I mean, I did hire podcast coaches, these two sisters, they have a podcast called Millennial Women Talk. And it's in their, I think, third season or something. So they have a really successful podcast. And and so they helped me launch my podcast. But now I think I was telling you before we got on here, I'm now at a place where I'm just like, okay, I launched my podcast. Now, how do I make money? (laughs) Dude, that's the biggest question. I still haven't figured it out. Well, I think I have figured out a solution. It is an expensive one, but yeah, I hired this guy who has a podcast called Grow the Show. If anyone wants to check it out, like I just started listening to several episodes and I was just like, oh shit, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. And I started to like go into this place of like, oh my God, all this stuff, all this content you've made, it all sucks. And then I'm like, the content doesn't suck. Like my actual, I feel really good about like the content and the questions and the body of work that I've put together the structure of the episodes in terms of like my introductions and my actual overall like podcast trailer. It's just, it's too much. Like in a world of like, what is it? Like a few second attention span, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to catch somebody's attention super quick. And so I'm hoping just because you'd asked me, how do I find all the time to do this? Well, so after I put out like 10, 11 episodes now, and I've recorded several others that I haven't released yet, I've been really consistent about recording and and actually releasing an episode a week. But now I've gotten to a place of where I'm just burnt out and I'm just like, okay, I love this, but I got to have more than this. And I can't like feel like I'm literally like in a pool, like just flapping my arms around, like (laughs) hoping that something happens. Yeah. And so this is going to take a lot of weight off my shoulders. They're going to help me with the editing and the producing and the social media and all of that. So like, it's basically like a team of people working for you with you, the creator, the content producer. And that's, you know, I feel like what you and I both really love to do is we love to create content and art Mm -hmm. and inspire people. And so when you have to also do all the other shit too, you can very quickly lose your passion and lose sight of like where you were even going with your project. If, you start to get bogged down by the things that you just don't even want to do. So true. I feel like the hardest thing for me right now is I have so many different interests with my work. Like I do a lot of video for restaurants, but also for hotels and real estate and brands and weed farms and wineries. But then I also do photography for like weddings and all different kinds of things. 
And Instagram wants to understand how to define you and put you into a niche so they know who to show your work to. And I'm like, no, show my work to everyone because I do so many different things. So I've played around with like starting different accounts and just posting that genre on that account. But then it just becomes so incredibly overwhelming. So I don't know. I hate the idea of having to just focus on one thing because I have so many different interests. I find so much beauty in multiple different areas and genres and categories of the possible things to film. So that's, yeah, that's a big challenge right now for my work. Yeah. Well, and you know, that kind of brings me back to like motherhood and any mothers listening to this is like, you have to ask for support. First, you have to know how you will feel supported. Like, because knowing that in and of itself first is like the first step to being like, okay, now that I know what I need and what it might look like, then I can actually seek it out and ask for it. Whatever support it is you need once you finally come into that place where you're even ready to accept it and define what it would even look like for you. Yeah, I feel like part of my fear of of hiring people and, and delegating things out like that, because I know I could really use that uh, and it probably is necessary in order to grow, but it's like my desire to control every aspect of my work because I want it to be really authentically mine. And then I worry if I hand it off, it's going to get fucked up. And to relate that to motherhood, I see one of my sisters, she's like the biggest worrier. She's like at the lake or at the river with her kids. And she, if she can't see one of them for like a split second, she freaks the fuck out. <sighs> and so, yeah, I, I don't know. I want, that kind of makes me feel like I'd be <laughs> kind of a controlling, worried <laughs> father. <laughs> Well, it is the what I like to call the greatest journey of self-actualization that you could have ever embarked God. on. I'd probably learn so much about myself, some of which I probably wouldn't like, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's usually always the things that drive you crazy about your children are usually the things that they're embodying from you. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. And I'm really self-conscious too. I feel like I'm an overly self-conscious person and uh, I don't know. It'd be hard for sure. <laughs> well, I think you'll be great no matter what it is. So hopefully when that day comes or if it comes, you can remember, go back to this conversation and just, re yeah. just remember this. You're always doing the best that you can, even in the moment when you thought you could have done better. Yeah. I think I just have so much fear about, like, I think about the trauma, the mistakes that my, the people that raised me made and how it affected me, how it manifested in me. And just this scale that it can turn into. I'm like, fuck, if I make one mistake today in this moment of weakness, it could fuck up my kid. <laughs> and then they're well, going to be podcasting about me one day about my issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually a great book that I don't know if you know Kyle Mercer. He used to be in the Ashland community, but he, yeah, his name. Yeah, he has a, a method called the inquiry method and he has couple of different books, but one he co-wrote with one of his clients who's a psychologist and, and she wrote this book. It's like conversational, but it's called Stop Parenting. And it's basically conversations between him and her and him coaching her on parenting specifically, like stop parenting, like stop projecting what you think is good or bad onto your child or how you think you're being good or bad. And it's really just about setting boundaries for yourself and not for your children and allowing them to really experience life through their lens and knowing when <laughs> when it feels good for you to interject 
yourself into their experience, like, you know, keeping them from running across the street, getting hit by a car, or every time you, you step in front of them to save them from an experience, you aren't allowing them to, you know, receive whatever lesson would have been taught, whether it's through another person or through, you know, the result of whatever it is they were about to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's a guy named Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. He always, yeah, he always talks about like allowing your kids to do dangerous things safely. Just let them problem solve. Let them figure it out. Let them get hurt. It's like it's okay if they break their leg or their arm. I mean, you have to intervene at some point because you don't want them to die. Right. But you got to let them make mistakes so that they can learn. Right. Well, and that's what he says. He's like, you always are recognizing like, what is the cost in this moment of me interfering with this experience versus letting them have it? Because you as the parent are the safe space that they get to come back to. And so really allowing them to have their experience without you projecting whatever you think their experience should be or your own experience is huge. And that's why like there really is no like, oh, I'm fucked up my child. It's just like (laughs) there's no such thing as a good parent or a bad parent. And he's like, the sooner you can recognize that you're a bad parent, like you're a bad parent. Like, what does that even mean? You know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So I don't think you can fuck anybody up. I've known people who've come from some of the best homes who have all kinds of personal issues or, you know, yeah, what we think might be the best homes and other people who've come from like incredible trauma who have, you know, amazing lives. So you never know. It's very true. Sometimes it's, I mean, like we talked about before, both my sisters were raised the exact same, but they parent so incredibly differently. Sometimes it really doesn't even matter what you do with your kids. They're going to make their own decisions anyway. And yeah, it's, it goes back to, is it nurture versus nature? Sometimes I think it's just all nature. You know, <laughs> People are just going to be who they're going to be kind of regardless of what you do. Yeah, for real. I mean, I think we all come here with like specific stories that were meant to live out. And yes, maybe the details will change depending on, you know, what decisions we make or the perception that we choose to view the world in. But ultimately, yeah, I think we have very specific stories and journeys that we came to live out and learn and evolve and grow from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So if you could offer a statement of love to the world that really embodies who you are and how you walk this earth, what would it be? Oh my God. (laughs) Me on the spot. (laughs) Probably just give yourself a bit more grace and don't be afraid to say what you actually feel. That's kind of my theme of my life right now. Just say what you feel and allow other people to react how they're going to react because it's not anything you can control. I love that. And coming from a man, I have to say that's huge because I don't feel that a lot of men are in sync with talking about their feelings, period, or even acknowledging they have them. So I don't know, (laughs) maybe your mother taught you that. So kudos to her because that pays off huge in relationships. Yeah. It really does. I haven't always been that way. I don't really know where it came from, but I didn't always used to do that. Actually, I mean, I'm 33 right now. And for the first 30 years of my life, I didn't. I I rarely spoke my true feelings and desires. And so through therapy and through relationship, having a, a good partner who wants the authentic version of Ammon, I have put in a lot of work and realized that you can either keep it quiet and risk it like destroying who you are or you can say what you want to say and then risk maybe hurting somebody else either way there's a risk 
but you just have to decide which way you want that risk to go. Yeah. Well, and there's so much power in using the words I feel as opposed to you make me do that feel this way or you made me do this or, you know, accusational (laughs) relating (laughs) as opposed to, I don't know if you read the book, there's a book called Nonviolent Communication, A Language for Life. But yeah, it's all about using feeling statements and really taking responsibility for how you feel and not blaming it on the other person. I mean, you might feel a, a certain feeling as a result of what someone said, but ultimately them saying it isn't what made you feel the way that you feel. Yeah, so true. I think that I say that a lot. I feel this way. I feel that way because I'm just like full of feelings all the time. So I speak to them pretty often, probably to a fault. But yeah, it well, is a, kind of a safer way to speak. Yeah, it's a good fault to have. <laughs> Especially like... When relating to women, we are all about feeling. We want you to know how we feel all the time. (laughs) So Yeah, I guess what I mean is like I sometimes don't allow my brain to have any part of the process. Like I don't think logically. I allow my emotions to just make all the decisions and have all of the say in my decisions and conclusion. So that's what I mean when I say to a fault, because I, I do want to allow my mind to do some of the lifting as well and not just be somebody who walks by purely emotion, because I don't think right. that's healthy either. No, I hear what you're saying for sure. There is definitely a balance and really learning how to, I feel like it's connecting your mind to your heart, having that pathway open so that the feelings that you're feeling, you're able to express them with an open heart instead of them being led from projected emotions that are probably have a connection to something outside of the moment that you're actually in. Yeah, exactly. Which is most of my life. I'm like, this is coming from somebody somewhere else and something else. And I'm projecting all my shit onto this moment, which yeah, that sucks. Well, and yeah, you usually don't see it till moments later, but hey, that's like the evolution and journey of awakening, awakened consciousness is, yeah, having that conscious awareness in every moment, like, oh, I'm here again, but I get to like receive this at another level of consciousness with more resilience and grace. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm such a huge fan of podcasting and authentic human connection and also therapy, because it really offers, at least for me, a new perspective into myself and what I am doing that I might not have otherwise realized. And yeah, I think that self-awareness is a huge tool, a big advantage if you have even the most slight bit of self-awareness and ability to look at yourself objectively and to change behavior, because it's not like you, it's not your essence that you're trying to change. It's just your behavior because those things are different. And so when people are calling you out on your behavior, sometimes it's easy to take it personal and be like, oh my God, you're calling me dramatic or you're calling me, you know, fill in the blank, whatever. But it's not that you are that, it's just that your behavior is that and that can change. Oh yeah. Well, I feel feel like it's just like learning how to channel your emotions into a more creative outlet like podcasting or yeah, yeah, therapy is so great because you like podcasting, you are literally listening to yourself talk (laughs) and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I'm seeing this from a whole nother vantage point. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And then people make comments on it. You're like, oh yeah, I guess I am kind of close-minded when it comes to that. I actually had a (laughs) podcast with my sister. She came on my podcast and we talked about her postpartum depression. And I have never had kids personally, and I have never had a partner that 
has had any kids. So I have never experienced postpartum depression in any way, shape or form. And I had her on the podcast to talk about it because I wanted to be informed and I came across this so ignorant. And uh, yeah, a lot of people called me out on it, but I think that's how you gain, you know, that's how you get rid of your ignorance is by having conversations like that. For sure. Well, and the fact that you're even willing to have that conversation is huge. And yeah, I've been feeling a lot of that recently where it's just like, I, I can't really explain to someone what I'm going through. Only mothers can have even some sort of an idea what I'm talking about because they've also been through a similar experience. But then at the same time, each mother's experience is so individually different and unique depending on the circumstances they're in and where they came from as a child and what happened throughout their life and different triggers that they have. And so it really feels refreshing though to have men take an interest in that because even if you can't fully understand what someone has gone through, it is such a huge amount of empathy and compassion that I feel like the planet and mothers especially really need. Yeah, it seems really, really hard. Like postpartum depression seems, and it it varies so widely from mother to mother. So yeah, but my sister has a really hard time with it. It just gets worse and worse with every kid. And yeah, she, so it looks really hard. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know what her situation is, but there are, yeah, there's so many factors. It's just like hormones are imbalanced, lack of self-care because you have no time to yourself. I mean, I recently, I discovered, I think it was about six months ago, something called Ziva meditation. And I've never been a meditator. (laughs) I've never, Mm -hmm. I've tried everything and I'm just like, I don't know how to meditate. Like, (laughs) does this even work? I don't know. My mind is so busy. And like a lot of people, like you mentioned, you have ADD or ADHD. Like I'm pretty sure most of us feel like that most of the time in a world where your phone is going off every five seconds and you've just got like 5 million projects and different things that we're doing. So our minds are just always all over the place. And this I discovered, and I'm still haven't made it to doing two meditations every day, twice a day, but she teaches you through this course, how to meditate anywhere and everywhere for 15 minutes a day, twice a day without, you know, a stopwatch or an app or whatever. And it's all through the use of a mantra and the mantra, you don't say it out loud, but you're saying it in your consciousness. And it almost, I don't know if you've done ayahuasca, but it's almost like an ayahuasca journey because you let the mantra take you wherever it needs to take you, be fast or slow or whatever the mantra is doing in your consciousness. And Sometimes your meditations are lighter and sometimes they're like this really deep state of like rest where you literally feel at times like you've fallen into sleep, but you're sitting with your back supported and your head free, but you get, and she goes over all of this in the course, but you get this deep state of rest that you don't even receive when you're sleeping. And she goes over how that takes place, but that allows your body and your consciousness and your mind and all of these things to literally slough off layers of stress and anxiety that you've accumulated for probably decades. <laughs> so, Jeez, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll send you the link for it. I mean, like I said, I haven't been able to create time twice a day to do it because I have to do it in the morning and usually my son ends up in my bed before my day starts. So that's hard to do. But yeah. After this episode, I'm going to get off and meditate for 15 minutes. So that's super important, I think, for mothers is to be able to find some sort of practice where they can 
let go of some of that anxiety and relieve some of the stress. So yeah, maybe if I share this with you, you can share it with your sister, maybe it would be helpful. And because that is also why I created this platform is so that people can share tools with each other, what I like to call holistic tools that really address the whole body, the whole being, the whole spirit, so that we can all feel inspired by our lives and not anxious and worried all the time. This episode of the Real Raw Mama podcast is brought to you by Ziva Meditation. Stress less, experience more joy. If you're a real raw mama like me with a full life and a toddler, then you probably have or are experiencing overwhelm, stress, poor sleep, and or exhaustion or all of the above. I was nearly at the end of my exhaustion rope and was honestly dipping into depression when I found Ziva online. I completed the 15-day super fun and simple online course and almost six months later, I have a daily practice and skill that I won't let go to waste. Because once you experience the benefits, you won't want to miss a meditation. You'll learn the three M's, mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting the Ziva way. You'll enjoy your life a lot more. 80% of grads experience significant sustained stress reduction by month one. 90% have reported markedly better sleep, including me. I'm no longer at the end of my rope throughout my day, and my life is full of so much more creativity and flow. For a free three-day trial, go to embracewhoyouare.com or to the link in the show notes. And now, back to the show. I love that. Just having a tool bag full of tools, even if some of them don't work for a purpose, you have a different tool. It doesn't always work to use a hammer for every single job. So my struggle with meditation is that it's just so fucking boring. Like it's so boring. (laughs) So what I've done, (laughs) I mean, I got into it for a while. Like I would do it every day for like five, 10, sometimes 20 minutes. And it is helpful because you get to know your mind and like how your mind works in a really, really unique way because nobody can teach you the way that your mind works and you're just observing your mind. And I just, I don't know. I just got super boring. And so I combined it with a sauna. Like I'd go to the gym and then just sit in the sauna. So I'm just sitting there anyway. So I might as well notice my mind. Yeah, no, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Well, and that was one of my next questions. Well, it's kind of the question after the next question, but I'm going to go ahead and go into this one first is what are your personal favorite tools that you utilize in, well, that's kind of more of like your, your self-care going into the sauna and meditating there, but what are other tools that you utilize in moments where you're just like, what the fuck? And you have all of these emotions come up. Like for me, sometimes I literally have to like leave the room. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's probably my favorite tool to really bring me back to center is just like I keep saying, I have a ton of emotions and sometimes they can overwhelm and take over me. So I we'll leave the room or just ask to be done with the conversation to put it on hold. And I'll just go for a drive. I'll go to the gym. The gym is a really big one for me, just exercise. Sometimes I'll go and talk to somebody who I trust, who's non-biased and just wait for my mood to shift so that I can come back to the conversation with a clearer head. I feel like when I try to keep processing something that just isn't working, I end up doing more damage than I do good. It's like hitting this nail that's just fucking bending. You know, it's like, okay, hold on. Let me just stop, pull the nail out, try a different nail. 
and maybe it'll go in after that. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Just taking no, space I'm with from you. it. <laughs> That's a great perspective. And so my question that I normally ask before, what are your favorite tools is what are your core values that shape how you interact with people and the planet? Probably authenticity is the main one. My core value, just being authentic and being kind. If you can really nail those two things, I feel like you're pretty set as far as interacting with human beings. A lot of my core values have shifted over my life, which is probably obvious because I grew up Christian, but now I'm not but those have always remained constant that desire to just be honest and real with who I am when interacting with people and then just being nice, which is not always very easy. Right. Yeah. But no, I mean, kindness goes such a long way. And I always like to say kindness first and foremost to yourself (laughs) goes a really long way in the ability for you to even feel like being kind to other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So true. I think that that says a lot about how you treat yourself, how you treat other people. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know your podcasts are like, well, we didn't even really talk about, I would, well, actually we'll get into that in a second, but I know your podcasts usually go for, I don't know, two hours. I'm like, I wish I had that much time to have a conversation with someone, but I'm usually looking at the clock like, oh, we got to finish this soon before my son's going to wake up soon. And I got to oh, yeah, get yeah. into meditation first. You so. have a, a bit more, you have a bit stricter of a time frame than me. Not all my podcasts go for two hours. I've only had a few go for like two, two and a half, but a lot of them are just like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. I've had an hour, but it kind of like gets around to the hour mark and it's like, okay, we've gone through all the questions. It's time to go as much as I would love to continue this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, that's the real rawness of the Real Raw Mama podcast is, yeah, there's always the life of messes and chaos and getting yeah. shit done before nap time is over. <laughs> you have time crunches for sure. Well, I mean, I hope that we fulfilled the goal of your podcast of like offering a tool that somebody can maybe say, oh yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna, I'll am i add that to my bag and then maybe it'll offer some value to somebody. Oh, there's always value. I think all of the conversations I have with people are divinely inspired and and that's why I'm not, you know, Of course, I have like a list of dream guests that are, you know, up and coming. And Mm -hmm. I reach out to a handful of them here and there. But ultimately, like, I'm just wanting to bring on as many different stories and perspectives as possible so that, yeah, these conversations, whether they're directed by my questions or not, the questions are really just meant to bring up all of these different nuggets of wisdom that, you know, we all have gathered from different experiences that we've had and similarities that we share. Nice. Yeah. Well, I feel honored that you would think to ask me, somebody who is not a parent and is not a woman, (laughs) but yeah, I feel honored to have been able to share my perspective and hopefully it was helpful to somebody out there. I think you're like the fifth man I've had on my podcast. So you guys add great value for sure. And honestly, that's also why I love having you on is because hopefully it brings more of a variety of an audience to really realize that this isn't just a topic for women. This is a topic for everyone. And these are tools that everyone can apply, tools and wisdom that everyone can apply to their life. So yeah, for sure. With with that, I would love to know what your favorite read or listen is. My favorite read or listen I think my favorite book is The Untethered Soul. I forget the author. But yeah, I love that book. It's just, it talks a lot about meditation and just how to train your consciousness to take a back seat in the experience of being human. 
it was very liberating for me and at a very crucial turning point in my life. So that was a really helpful book. And then favorite listen. I mean, I love to listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, which I always feel like such a douche saying that, but he does have a lot of really cool guests on his show and he offers a lot of value. And I think it's a really important podcast because I mean, just for so many reasons. I think he's a trailblazer. Honestly, I had someone say to me once recently, they're like, what do you want to be the next like female Joe Rogan or a female Joe Rogan? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to be like some sort of version of that. Like he's a fucking badass pioneer, like having awesome conversations and getting paid tons of money to do it. Yeah. I know. He's really cool. I think that he is very open-minded and brings on people that he disagrees with and just allows them to have a voice. And I think that that is something that's really missing in society, which he talks about, but just allowing people who you have a different opinion with to speak and to actually listen, because then you will also get that in return from other people who maybe disagree with you. So anyway, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm all about him. I don't have time to listen to him anymore, but when if I do catch some, I'd catch stuff here and there. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that kind of brings us to the end is what are the projects that you're working on that you're wanting to shine a light on and share with the planet besides your photography, but definitely tell us where we can find you and follow you. Uh, yeah, I have, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. That's kind of my main source of work. It's just at Ammon Clough, just my first and last name. and it's just a hobby at this point, but my podcast, it's called Ambitious. It's kind of a play off my name. And I just have all kinds of guests on. We talk about religious transitions. We talk about postpartum depression. We talk about drugs, all kinds of shit. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on all the podcasting platforms. I love it. Well, I will be in- sure to include include all of that in the show notes and it was super fun and exciting to have this chat with you and when i have an in-person studio maybe we can do it again we can collaborate on another episode yeah that'd be great i'd love that yeah but thank you this has been a lot of fun yeah thank you jessica i appreciate you inviting me on for more inspired content Real Raw Mama Moments, holistic products, technologies, and tools, visit EmbraceWhoYouAre.com and download your free seven keys to reclaiming your health, wealth, freedom, and happiness. Follow us at Real Raw Mama on Instagram and TikTok and join us in the Real Raw Mama portal on Facebook for more support and intimate connection with empaths just like you. And... I want you to remember, you're the chosen one, we all are.